Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. I was having a casual chat to Grant a few weeks ago about uh, the, the lectionary and about the preaching and he was going, well, some of this stuff we'll hear in a couple of more years because we have this thing in the um, Anglican church where we cycle through every three years. And I was saying to him, well, what I like to do is go from the gospel to the Old Testament to the New Testament and um, you might not hear it for nine years. And he said, oh, that would be interesting that we get a new, new, new version of the preaching each year. And I said, well, with the Psalms, if you add the Psalms in, that's another three years. So we've got probably about 12 years before we uh, have to revisit anything that I've said twice. So in saying that, uh, one of the things that I discovered last week in preparing for the Coral Evensong in which the Psalm is the focus of the preaching was was the Psalm today. It really spoke to me about who we are and where we are at and how the breath of life comes into our life. Psalm 130 is a song that pilgrims used to to sing as they moved through the different parts of their lives, particularly as the exiles returned from Babylon, where having known the depths of despair as they fled Jerusalem in flames, they chanted with hope, recalling the long nights of despair in being away from the temple and from the land that the Lord had given them. In Jesus' day, the faithful Jews, we're talking about the festival and how there were many people in Jerusalem, would have been approaching Jerusalem with this sort of a psalm. And there were 15 of them in total that people used to just cycle through as they walked and did their pilgrimage into various places. They were watching for freedom and redemption. They were praying about having God restore them, restore their land, and they had the hope of the Lord in their hearts. In this time and in this space, they were watching for freedom from the Romans that occupied their lands, and they saw the redemption of Christ, the redemption of their life through Christ as the way to remove the Romans who had occupied them. We have known the depths of despair in our recent times. Centres closed during COVID, not accessible for us to meet together and have our spiritual needs met or have time to worship our Lord God together like we do today. We were exiled as a community and of course we were watching for our freedom from the world as it is, because we always await the second coming of Christ, freedom from our existence and freedom from being the, and, and returning to the one who is the source of all our lives. Over the last little while, there has been despair in the diocese and in parishes about where things are headed. Where are people coming? Where are people going from the churches? Where are the priests who will lead the churches and allow people to have the sacramental life that they so long. And if we compare the results of the national censuses over the last 20 years, we see a slowly, a slow pattern of, de- of decay and de- 
and decline in having a religion or being religious and a huge increase in having a personal spirituality with the divine. So I look at things and there's a lot to worry about. There is a lot of despair in my heart about people moving away from our Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour. And Psalm 130 is brutally honest about despair, worry and suffering. Psalm 130 does not give any assurances, no shortcuts through the valley of death or through the things that we go through. No avoidance of grief and pain and sorrow. Yet it is equally grounded in hope because as we go through our despair, sorrow, grief, whatever your circumstances are, the psalmist indicates that God is not far away and God is with us. Through the deepest parts of our lives, through those deepest depths that we go through, as, as in our human existence, the psalmist shows that God is with us and he listens to our cries for help. This juxtaposition of life, of the depths of life and of hope in God is what the psalmist deals with in his faith journey and in his understanding of God. It is what we deal with when we have something terrible happened to us and we say, Lord, are you still with me or, are you, or have you left me? And yet we know once we take a deep breath and once we say a few prayers and refocus our hearts, minds and souls, all of a sudden we're surrounded by the presence of the Holy Spirit and then we start abiding in Jesus and we know that whatever troubles we're in, he's actually with us. In today's Gospel, we see no shortcuts for Mary or Martha in their grieving and suffering. There are no shortcuts about what they need to go through in order to see who Jesus was and the glory of God in their life. We can see that Jesus was dis disturbed and emotional because they were, they were suffering. They were in despair. They were mourning the loss of their brother. So we can see clearly that our Lord God hears us and is with us and, is, and he is right there journeying with us in every moment of our life. Nevertheless, they cry out from this space, Jesus, where were you? What were you doing? Why weren't you here to save my brother? And Jesus hears them. And God hears them and he answers, a prayer. he answers the prayer, not in the way they wanted, but then he answers it in another most amazing way just to show his power over death and over everything that happens. From both the psalm and the gospel, we can see that God is subject to us. He is moved by us and his connection with us. He is vulnerable to us because he wants, to, he wants us to love him and he loves us. He cannot live in our space of sin, but he certainly knows what we, feel, what we are feeling and going through. God came to earth and suffered the most humiliating and torturous experience, something I will never ever go through myself. And so I know that my Lord Jesus knows what the depths of pain, torture, 
anxiety and fear are. And he is with me every step of my life. We cannot approach our God with the force of force or power. But as humble and penitent people who come in the power of their committed faith and devotion, God, not- and God notices us. For the people of God, it means they shall live not only with the destructive efforts effects of their own sins, but also with the sins of those around them. But we need to manage to be faithful and obedient. Faithful and obedient life involves waiting on the Lord and hoping in Jesus as God's word. When we are encouraged by faith and hope, we are able to say that when we are weak in our own power, the Lord God is strong for us. I say all this because we are in a process of renewing, refreshing and restoring our parish as a centre of faith, spirituality, of caring for those in our community that no one else wants to speak to. Part of our Lenten journey is to repent from the things that we might not, have, that we might not be doing very well in our Lord God and return to the gospel and do things with humility, obedience and devotion to our Lord God. As we might lament that there are not people here, as we lament that things have shifted and changed so much, we, we look at our mission and sometimes we think, well, where are we going to get the money to do this mission? Where are the people to do this mission? Where are... You finish the sentence that's on your heart. And you can keep making this list and lamenting to the Lord God because true repentance starts with all lamenting, us saying what is true for us when we are in the depths of our despair. And then we turn to God and we pray and praise and worship and sing to our Lord God from this deepest reality where we experience anxiety and worry as good and faithful disciples who want to work with the Holy Spirit to manifest Jesus in our community right here, right now. We are these people. You are here today not as an accident. You are here to restore and refresh and nurture back where Jesus, where Jesus lives in our hearts. We are the hands, feet and face of Christ to those around us. And we meet each week to be refreshed by the sacraments so that we can truly, so that we can truly show Jesus in our community through his life in us each and every week. And while we wait on the Lord and we pray and we vigil for this, we cannot lose sight that the God is in the foundations of our depth. Jesus is the foundation of this church and we are married to him through baptism because we are part of the body of Christ and his spirit is with us. And so whatever we need to do in this parish starts with Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. The psalm is a, is a prayer And it's got one single imperative for the human audience. 
They are called to watch and wait like the watchman. As a watchman, if you were guarding a city and you were a watchman, if you fell asleep during the night, the, uh, the punishment was death. We are called to watch like the watchman. We are called to be watchful of our faith, of our obedience, of our humility before God. Because if we are not watchful like the watchmen, then we have the chance to move into eternal death. We need to be guard ourselves so that we do not lose our obedience, that our faith grows in Christ and that we remain humble before the Lord. Faith and obedience give us hope. The word of hope is particularly apt when we see things are bad and getting worse at different times. I look around and the average number of women dying to, to, relate, to people who they've been in relationship from domestic violence is, is growing. It used to be one a week and it's getting closer to two a week now. How does your heart feel about that? I, I was a child in a domestic violence relationship and my, my heart cries every time I hear that. When we look at youth crime around the world, around Australia in particular, everyone seems to focus on Queensland, but youth crime is growing throughout Australia. How do we feel about that? How do we feel about our youth feeling so desperate to, to feel like they're doing something with their life that they have to resort to hurting others just to feel like they've done something that day? We're not giving them anything constructive, anything to tap into that they can use their energies in order to help others. We often say, no, no, I'll do that. You go over there, I'll do that. Why are we saying, go and do that? I'll go over there and have my cup of coffee and tea while you're, while you're delivering boxes and things to people that need it. And loneliness and aloneness is growing in our country and leading to an increase in depression and people feeling isolated and alone. What can we do as a community for that? How can we go to someone and have a cup of tea and just, just visit them? And just as a plug, there's a sheet out the back for home visits from the vicar. If you want me to visit you, just put your name down and I will come over and I'm glad to have that cup of tea with you and not allow you to feel lonely or alone. The more we try to do things in our own power, the more acts of parliament that we pass, the more money we throw at things, the less we seem to achieve. And indeed, sometimes life seems to go backwards. Psalm 130 calls worshippers to note the signs of God's redemptive work when the hearts of people are activated in their ordinary places and spaces of life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life for those who live with hope. We see that many times Israel is restored from exile and we see this in today's gospel with Lazarus rising from the dead. Our hope is that we will have people coming here who allow the Holy Spirit into their hearts, minds and souls 
Because where the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is, evil can never be present. We pray that those who need us come here, the youth who have nowhere else to go and need things to do. I've got lots of things for people to do. So if you know of a few young people, tell them. I've got, I've got a list rolling down the aisle of things that I need young people to do. So bring them along. When we read Ezekiel, we see that the bones have flesh. But until the breath of God comes into them, there is no movement, there is no life. Let us remember that we have the flesh here. We have the, we have the bones and the flesh of an amazing parish. We have the structures in place to reach out into our community. But we need the breath of God. We all need to pray that the breath of God breathes into our parish, into our bones and flesh, into you guys, into every person that comes across us and brings life to each and every person. The Lord be with you.